0: to introduce Greg Solomon. He's the CEO of McDonald's um, South Africa, no doubt a brand that you may have heard of at some point or other. Uh, he actually started with McDonald's in 1996 as a project manager. His background actually is civil engineering, if I'm right there, Greg. And he's been MD since um, January 2009. Um, essentially, he won, uh, uh, managed to get to McDonald's South Africa <clears throat> by his leadership to win Deloitte's best company to work for. Uh, for three consecutive years. And he personally was named Institute of People Management CEO of the Year in 2011, uh, as well as being uh, nominated as finalist of Boss of the Year uh, award in 2011. I've never been um, uh, nominated as Boss of the Year for anything. Uh, I have no idea why. Uh, But welcome, Greg. Uh, It's nice to have you with us. And um, we look forward to to hearing more if you uh, maybe just like to introduce yourself further on uh, from my brief introduction
1: oh, well great uh, great to be with you and thank you everybody it's uh, it's quite daunting to me to to be just under the title of sa Chefs. so we're talking about some serious uh, hospitality experts uh, here today but I, I look forward to your QA and your questions um, I like to call myself the hamburger guy um, although I'm a civil engineer by profession that's uh, uh, I haven't done that for a long time. And, and who would have thought maybe that's a, a lesson in life? Who would have thought that you started off uh, studying engineering, building buildings and homes, and, and now it's all about, uh, it's all about hamburgers? And, and now I've got a son that's, uh, that's, going to, that's at u- the university at the moment, and you know, he's going through the commas. And I always say to him, you know, this is a foundation of your life. Um, you don't necessarily have to love it. It's, a, it's something that you're building on. Uh, the university of life takes you to different places. Um, What's taken me to to McDonald's, I I guess the the common thread uh, about McDonald's and engineering, whether it was a building site or building a road or building a bridge, the common denominator was people, I guess, and customers. And so I'm privileged now to have, um, to to lead this organization. We are 16,000 people now at McDonald's. We have um, 303 restaurants currently open uh, in our business. We are about 50% franchise. A lot of people don't know we're about 50% company-run. Uh, so we have the two different infrastructures. We we uh, we operate under a master franchise agreement. So that means it's a master franchise unit. The whole country is one And uh, and from that perspective, it gives us our nimbleness and our a our, uh, our way to grow. Uh, if I may, Stephen, just a, just a few more minutes uh, on, yeah, please. On, yeah. on on maybe the history of McDonald's. Uh, You know, as an American hamburger business, um, a lot of big brands come to the country. Be it it from Europe, be it from the East, be it from the West, Um, and I think there's there's a few things we can learn. We celebrate 25 years this year um, on the 11th of November. Um, I'm hoping uh, that we'll see the back of COVID by the 11th of uh, November uh, this year. But needless to say, I think that's a whole topic which we'll which we'll chat on. Um, so, we're 25 years this year, and it's taken us almost 15 years to reach our first 100 restaurants. And then, uh, and then 10 years to, to, to double that and double that again. So, uh, the, the, the way you grow a brand, um, the way you grow your structure, the way you grow your consumer base, the way you grow loyalty is not necessarily at a very, very fast pace. You've got to take time. I've spoken about this word of building your foundation, building your skills, building your talent, and we, we like uh, to build our own talent uh, within McDonald's. Um, I'm, I'm here sitting in the head office at the moment. Just one floor above me is our own Hamburger University. So uh, we like to build the future Greg Solomons of the world uh, here. And that, and that takes time. And uh, and now the, the vision, uh, be it before COVID or during COVID or after COVID, is now to reach 400 restaurants and 20,000 odd employees. And, and hopefully we'll get there soon. Uh, and then my last point is, is a point around innovation and, 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 uh, and evolution. I think that's quite important as well uh, under, the, under the topic of COVID. Um, under, under innovation, um, this brand has changed. Uh, I've been here for 24 out of the 25 years, obviously not in the leadership capacity, uh, but this brand has changed so many times. And maybe that's why so many people stay at McDonald's for so long. We started off uh, 25 years ago uh, with drive through um, whilst how drive-through has saved us in the month of uh, in the month of May, uh, and, and and certainly in the month of June, um, and then and then quickly it it got into 24/7 delivery, uh, 24-hour operations, got into breakfast. Who who would think that we we serve breakfast? And uh, then it got into deliveries, and then it got into our newest brand, which is Mac Cafe which is a, 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 I would say a medium to high-end uh, barista-led bakery and coffee shop. Uh, And then last year, we were voted the coolest coffee shop in Gauteng. So, uh, you know, your business needs to change and your business needs to morph. Who would have thought 25 years ago, we were selling cheeseburgers, french fries, uh, and a Coca-Cola. and Now we're selling chai latte, um, low GI toasted gourmet chicken sandwich, um, and a blueberry muffin. So a a very, very different type of spread. and, And certainly in the next decade, um, our business will morph again.
0: It's interesting um, how you say that. And uh, um, um, the, the evolution has been remarkable, but nothing beats a Big Mac. And I, I know that you've been spending some time at home teaching people how to make them during lockdown. Um, so that's been one of your initiatives. And I think people kick, um, um, I notice it. So how good are your Big Macs?
1: Well, at home, my Big Macs are not great. Uh, I give myself <laughs> a four out of 10. But as soon as I got into the restaurants, uh, on, uh, on, as soon as we were able to open up for delivery in the month of May, I went into the McDonald's kitchen and cooked a Big Mac. And I, I'm not as good as the, the top the Big Mac chefs in McDonald's, but, but I can certainly hold my own. And I guess uh, that's what it is about um, you know, this hamburger business. No matter who you are, uh, you, you need to be able to, to, uh, to do the trade. I think that's quite important as well. But the Big Mac is the Big Mac. Uh, I suppose we can all cook a fried egg at home. And we can all maybe uh, make a, a bread at home, but uh, we can't make a world-famous French fries. We can't make an English muffin. We can't make a McRoyale. We can't make a McFlurry and the world-famous Big Mac. And, that, and, and and we must never forget, you know, where our um, where, where our traditions and, and where our history comes from. So we'll build this business around the fringes, but the core will always remain the same.
0: Um, interesting that you say um, uh, what sort of business you're in. Uh, if you look at all those analyses uh, and many of them um, of uh, of McDonald's over the years, you know it's a. It starts off saying you're in the hamburger business, uh, and then the real estate business was the the point there. But I know you say you're actually not. You you've realised you're actually in the people business. Great. Mm-hmm. Um, so how important um, are the people in the process, and what sort of development opportunities um, do McDonald's um, people actually get?
1: Well, I mean, uh, take our, well, one of our executives in, the, in, our, in our executive team, Joanne DeVette, uh, grew up in, in Cape Town uh, 24 years ago, studied commerce. And uh, she went to New Zealand at that time, trained uh, um, to, 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 to understand the McDonald's kitchen and the McDonald's world uh, around food. And uh, she's now uh, a top five uh, person in the McDonald's business. And uh, so, you know, we can talk about Colin Messina, uh, an operations manager, started off uh, uh, on the 11th of November uh, on the anniversary as a part-time crew earning probably seven rand an hour. Uh, He's now an operations manager and he's got uh, 45 restaurants reporting or 35 restaurants reporting into him, you know, well over two and a half thousand people. You know, as I say, you know, this is the the university of life. Um, We're in the hospitality business. Um, we can we can study certain things, but uh, I guess I'm I'm speaking to to hospitality experts and chef experts. Uh, you can learn how to make uh, um, uh, some sort of bread pudding, uh, but you but you really got to perfect it. And perfect it comes with practice. Um, mm-hmm. You can get the recipe, but you got to get the art. So McDonald's is part art, part science. Um, your point is is spot on. Why have we got a reputa- reputation as a real estate company, I, I guess. Uh, unlike many other franchisees and franchisors out there, McDonald's likes to take um, a real estate view. We like to buy our own land and build our own buildings. And you'll see us a lot in drive-thrus, freestanding drive-thrus and less in malls. And that's because our drive-thru business is so big. Uh, it's, uh, it's it's touching on uh, sort of uh, 55, it's way over 50, let's say way over 50% of our total business. And uh, when you have a drive-thru operations, um, it's no well, we do want to be respectful and go to the malls, but that's that's where it really happens for us. So we want to take a long-term view. Uh, when McDonald's makes a business decision, we want to take a 10 or a 20-year view. And uh, I guess uh, I always say, you know, have a long-term view. And This is even braver now under COVID. Um, how, how strong are your long-term views? You know, uh, my people say this, Greg, we always got to take, Long-term views, but uh, so things shouldn't shouldn't be different. We should continue growing. We should continue, you know, adding people. While well, COVID is different, uh, let's let's be honest. COVID is very many many ways. You and took so a view. Sorry,
0: sorry, Greg. I beg your pardon. Please carry on. Uh,
1: and I'll just close off and I'll say our lives will never ever be the same.
0: And and just following on from that, I know you had plans back in 2018. Um, to spend um, uh, to invest about three billion uh, to open 120 new restaurants in five years. Has the COVID changed that goal?
1: It, uh, it definitely hasn't changed the goal. It may it may have changed the, the timeline to get there. Um, you know we we all talk about these fancy V curves and, and U curves and L curves, um, but when you when you plunge down to zero percent sales for the month of April. And uh, and pretty much, uh, you know, 20%, if we're lucky, percent of ourselves in the month of May, it's a very, very steep uh, hole to dig ourselves out of. So the responsibility uh, to our people, to our customers, to our shareholders and alike is, is probably to say to them, uh, our ambition remains the same, but maybe it's going to take us, uh, you know, 6 to 12 to 18 months longer to get there. Um, we, we're here for the long run. We've been here for, uh, as I said, 25 years. We want to be here for another 25 years. Um, so that commitment, it's a big spend um, and a big investment in, in the country. Uh, we'll be there. It'll just take us maybe a little longer. How longer? Uh, I don't know. Um, I, I, I'm hoping that we had predicted uh, as, a, as a progressive modern and contemporary business or an aspiring modern and contemporary business. That's, that's our mission and our vision. Uh, we had predicted certain trends to happen uh, in the next decade. Our 10 year view said that uh, our, our food needed to change. Uh, we need to look at health in a different way. We needed to look at the, the global world and the impact of, uh, of, of what our sourcing of beef and chicken and vegetables uh, needs, to, needs to do on the world. We had predicted certain trends to happen in, in, in the next uh, 10 years. I think what COVID's done now is COVID's on certain aspects has said you need to get there in two, three years now, uh, if not get there straight away, like we're having a conversation on Zoom. Um, for those companies that have, that have been progressive of uh, morphing their business to something new, I think you'll get out of this COVID a whole, uh, probably in the next six to 12 months. For those companies, professionals, that haven't been thinking too much of the future, I think it's gonna be a long, a, long route, a long road out.
0: Greg, you speak about the power of 10, um, which is a decade of innovation and change. And you you touched on it now and said uh, that there's some planned innovations over the next 10 years. Can you you expand on that for us?
1: Maybe we start off with us as leaders. We're all leaders in our own way. Uh, Whether you're leading an organization or whether you're leading a restaurant or a hotel or or some form of board and lodging, we're all leaders. We lead ourselves first. And, and so this concept of the power of 10 is that when you grow your business from, uh, from one person to 10 people, are you as a leader uh, the same? Because if you are the same, I'm sure you'll become quickly obsolete. You grow your business from your first uh, uh, thousand Rand profit to your first uh, 10,000 uh, Rand profit, you need to change as a leader. Uh, hundred customers to a thousand customers, you need to change as a leader. So we start with leadership, um, and and it's a very, very important uh, piece for me because I don't believe we have a leader problem in this country. I I believe we have a leadership problem in this country, and we can talk about that perhaps a little bit later. But effectively, what I'm saying to you and your audience is that uh, we need to understand that, uh, and and a power of 10 can go backwards. If you've gone from 1,000 employees down to 100 employees, something fundamental needs to change in your business, in your thinking, in your strategy. And, uh, and that's how we've kept the McDonald's brand growing. Uh, we've, we've continued to innovate. Uh, we have a term stolen from our founder Ray Kroc says, "When you green, you're growing." I guess uh, speaking to uh, professional culinary people over here, we know that uh, you know fruit is not ripe until it's red. So we want to keep everybody green uh, and green and growing. Um, and so, and so that's the the, the thinking. Uh, you plant a millet seed now, and you harvest it in, in six months' time. Um, you need to to think about what are the really seeds that you're planting now to harvest in 2021.
0: In terms of trends, um, uh, you know, and if this is fair to say is that I think over this period, which has been tough for everybody and we've been spending a lot of time at home, um, that there appears to have been a, uh, um, a, if you like, a, a, a spin back to uh, more traditional times and we all talk about you know the the banana breads and the the sourdough breads and and you're not seeing so much online i think people have actually started to get a bit bored with it but do you think that people during a period of crisis then start to look towards comfort food and favorites and well-known favorites and i mm-hmm. guess i can bring the good old big mac or the quarter pounder into that one
1: well, I think if we zoom out of our, our industry uh, into food, and let's just—I uh, mean, my crystal ball is, uh, is 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 no is no more special than any of the crystal balls out there, you know. But I I do think we'll we'll start off with uh, the macro world and, and this this massive—I uh, don't want to call it a war, maybe a struggle between the East and the West—and um, uh, we'll 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 look at the U.S. and we'll look at China, and I, I think the reason why those are important, and then Brexit will be will be somewhere in between. And why that's important for, for us here in South Africa is we are we're quite far away um, and we remain a, a net importer of a lot of goods, a lot of specialized goods, a lot of specialized food products. Um, but it's even concerning that, you know, when you, you, you slip into a, a, a moderate net, net uh, importer of, of, a, of a staple like a maize or, or like a chicken beef, I think we're okay um, So we've got that to watch and what that's going to do for us is we're going to say, well, how much are we going to purchase out of China and how much are we going to purchase out of the U S? So there's some trends, some interesting trends that are, that are going to happen there, in my belief. Um, the, the second one, um, which is tied to the first one is, is this whole culture of, of wanting to, uh, local is lacquer and wanting to, to source, uh, local products. And I think there's a big opportunity there. You know, we, we, um, we, we might be cooking the food, but we need to be, be looking at sourcing the food. Uh, We're nutritionists. We know, we know what that food is. We know what, it, what it's like. And there's a, there's a lot of, there's a massive opportunity, in my opinion, to source local products, be it packaging, be it um, hardware, be it food. I think we owe it to ourselves and I think the responsibility of this country is great. So I think there's going to be a big trend going local as lekker, But I do believe that, that uh, the fabric of our country, the culture of our country, uh, is is in hospitality. We've got some of the most beautiful coastal lines. We we love our outdoor activities. We love our braai. We love our food. We love our red wine. Uh, that's gonna come back. It's gonna come back quickly. I mean, we, we just heard from the president last night that he that he's allowing us to open up our restaurants. It's delightful news. Question is, are our customers gonna come and sit in our restaurants? Are they gonna wait and see? I think we're still gonna go through a total, not total, a lot of uncertainty in the month of uh, July and August. But from about spring, uh, I think, and, and certainly by 2021, uh, people want to be uh, people again, and, and we'll, we'll be going to restaurants and socialising with our friends and family.
0: Um, in terms of the speech last night, um, double-edged sword, perhaps. Uh, what are your thoughts on uh, Sir Ramaphosa's speech? Uh,
1: look, I, th- I think uh, I think I mean no one no one wants uh, the president's job. I mean, it's a really really tough job, and I guess. I guess, uh, holistically, I applaud him for his leadership and, and for his strength. It's a juggle by, you know, the, the fatalities uh, of COVID-19 or the fatalities, and I use such a hard word, um, of, uh, of economic depression, starvation, and especially during this winter time. So it's a very, very tough balance that, that we have to have. And, and I feel like we've lived it as a McDonald's brand over the last 30 days for those restaurants that are getting ready to open, I call it two phases. The first phase was lock, complete lockdown, uh, no income, no revenue, no customers, tremendous cash flow issues, really, really, very, very stressful times. And I've moved from that chapter now to our drive-throughs opening. Thank goodness they're so strong. So we're already at around eighty percent of 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 the norm. We're already back up to that level just with drive-through and takeaway. So once we open up seating for McDonald's, as I say, we're quite privileged in this case. It should take us between 80 or 90% of the normal volume, which means that we should be just humming along fine. But now it's the, it's now the spread of the infection, you know, and with that spread of the infection comes, comes down opening and closing restaurants regularly. And that's affected McDonald's already. Uh, We've got very, very strong protocols to be able to, to do those turnarounds. You know, we've got a lot of people that we can, we can quarantine people and bring other people in. So we have that luxury to be able to be nimble because of our size but it's really, really, really difficult to manage a business during these times. People getting sick or they're sick or they're not sick, closing down the restaurants, the extra optics and the extra operation supplies just to clean your restaurants, the extra gloves, the extra masks. These are adding huge amount of costs into the business. So opening, um, uh, look, for certain businesses might be worse than being closed. Uh, I hope not.
0: I think that's a debate Um, With small businesses, um, certainly uh, small restaurants, uh, even some of the bigger ones, as to whether it's worth opening until we're at level one and we've got a full opening with uh, a seat as normal. You know, those days when we were thinking about this was never going to happen in February when we were all rushing out uh, to pubs and restaurants and hotels without a thought for this type of thing. Um, You know, then. I guess we're also still in fair economic problems. This just uh, seemed to accelerate it that much quicker from being a, a difficult economy to being an impossible economy for small businesses.
1: Um, well, we, we talk about liquidity and, and a trend. Another trend in your previous question uh, for me is, is going to be the strength of your balance sheet and your income statement. Um, this is a, a very big uh, point that I, that I, I continuously push uh, into non-financial people. Do we understand the financial strength of our business, the balance sheet, the income statement? And I think that is gonna be a complete change in you know, our humility. We've been humble. We've taken a lot from this world and now this world is taking from us. And, and, I, and I think uh, we, we, we should be humbled. Um, we should become a little, a little more modest in, a, in our way of thinking. Well, certainly I can speak on behalf of myself and my family and my wife and my kids we've had a lot of the, these conversations around the type of life we live um, building a little bit of a stronger nest egg uh, building a stronger liquidity base bringing, building a stronger stronger balance sheet um, this, these are all the important trends now the problem here now is that a lot of our small businesses now have uh, accumulated debt the banks have been kind and i say that uh, respectfully uh, to give us more debt payment holidays, landlords have given us payment holidays, but you know we have to pay these things now. And uh, if you're coming out of the blocks with uh, you know 30, 40, 50, 60 percent of your revenue, um, your higher ops, ops costs, which are which are now got got to, got to do with new uniforms and, and hygiene principles, you, you 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 don't have the profitability to to pay off your normal debt, never mind the, the burden of the debt of the past. So I, I really say to your listeners and, 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 the, and the young entrepreneurs out there, um, this is just the beginning. Uh, this coming out, what uh, the president announced yesterday, is just the beginning. Pace yourself, be responsible, uh, have patience, balance your patience and your persistence, um, and, and take time to come out of this. This is going to take a good 12 months uh, to, to, to get to any form. We won't get back to normality, but any form of, of, of stability, let me say.
0: What type of product changes um, do you think would uh, uh, well would change specifically because of COVID? Uh, are there certain products that you'd introduce uh, or reintroduce um, following this experience?
1: No, I don't think COVID is, is going to introduce. And are we in the takeaway business? Um, uh, we 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 we're trying we trying our best to redefine ourselves instead of being a fast food company to being a good food served fast company. Uh, But that's now changing, isn't it? I mean, our competition is so different now. It's it's not just about McDonald's and its quick service restaurant competitors. You can go into a a Woolworths or a Pick and Pay or a spa and get a a hot meal now. So I I do believe, though, that there is a trend. It has been there for the last five to 10 years. This may accelerate, but hot meals... Uh, not necessarily from a McDonald's, but hot meals, ready-made meals, um, is 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 a trend. I also think that a non-hot meals, ready to prepare, um, the chef, the chef in the home, um, that's what that's what COVID's taught us to do. We can all be chefs. Um, no 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 disrespect. I'm I'm talking about a you know a fried egg and a piece of toast chef. Um, but if with a little bit of help and a little bit of innovation, if if you if you can just send me the right portion sizes and a little bit of a recipe, we can all be chefs. And I think that's, that's going to be a decent trend in my opinion. Is your thinking then
0: for chefs that there's a new opportunity uh, based on that, um, on uh, different options and different opportunities for chefs?
1: Yeah, sometimes we, we cook food. We think we, we, we cook food. We must go back to our hotel, we must go back to our restaurants and cook food. But, you know, food is part, if we can strip it back down many, many layers to, to, to our culture, um, I, I do think uh, innovation lies in, uh, in in taking the hotel and the restaurant to the home. Uh, I do believe we're social creatures. We will entertain a lot at home as well. Um, but I, I do think there's an opportunity. How big that size of that opportunity is, I, I don't know. Uh, from a McDonald's perspective, we want the customers to come to us um, as much as possible. And, and and again, our drive-thrus are so safe and, and customers are rewarding for that rewarding us on that. And now, now we have the chance, just like uh, uh, the rest of the restaurants out there, to prove uh, the President right and to prove the customers that we can deliver safe food um, in a hygiene way. And we mustn't forget that uh, we are an industry. Uh, you know, I've canvassed a lot to, to the ministers out there that we are an industry that is used to health and hygiene standards. We deal with uh, E. coli. We deal with uh, Salmonella. Uh, we deal with chicken. We deal with beef. We deal with these particular issues. Not deal with them, but eradicate them in our cooking processes. And so we used to doing that. Um, if uh, if you want to trust an industry uh, to take care of the highest level of, uh, other than the health industry, uh, come come to the restaurant industry, and we can prove. So so, but we are as weak as our weakest link. And 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 this has been you know, uh, they've, they've pushed back to me when I've tried to canvass our industry. Uh, Greg, you're, uh, how, how can you get these 6,000 restaurants all to operate, you know, from, uh, from this level of hygiene? Um, so we're as weak as our weakest link. Mm. I see
0: that uh, Sue Renard is saying the reopening of McDonald's drive throughs was a godsend. Uh, warm and friendly staff, as quick and efficient as ever, and hygiene protocols every step of the way, not to mention the reward of a perfectly prepared meal on the go. Thank you.
1: Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, look, at at the end of the day, um, we we know that uh, um, our service is not as quick uh, because we've got uh, we have to follow social distancing in the kitchens as well. So uh, those lines are long. Uh, there's no doubt. Uh, we're trying to get our service a, a little bit better. And uh, again, lobbies and takeaways uh, have opened, so that will relieve it. Uh, but but I I do I do even if I have to. You know agree with myself one more time it's been, it's been a, a beat that i've been pushing a long a long time the drive-through is quite a secure uh, what we call contactless service now with restaurants now with waiters serving back and forth we really got to get our minds around this particular point it's going to leads on
0: to a question that we've got here by uh, by lazarus um new processes which the organization has introduced um i think uh, certainly, in and around the service areas on the drive-throughs, have you changed much uh, in practices from pre-COVID to now?
1: So, the drive-throughs we've gone to uh, away from face-to-face interaction uh, to a speaker box, but that's been there for for quite a while. Uh, we've done a lot of innovation around our IT IT equipment. You m- you must remember that uh, we we don't have your big Mac ready for you before you get to drive thru. Uh, a lot of people don't know, and if they're interested, certainly for your audience, I'm happy to do uh, behind the scenes with a small cluster of of your chefs uh, and uh, or your or your listeners, so we can have a look at at, at, at a McDonald's kitchen. Um, yes, the stainless steel's there, probably like any other kitchen. Yes, your grills are there, probably like any grills, and and your and your your ovens are there, probably like any ovens. But these are probably the most expensive, sophisticated grills the most expensive sophisticated ovens because for us, every second counts. Um, So uh, our innovation continues to be on how we cook beef. Uh, We cook beef uh, on a a double double clam grill which cooks the beef from both sides. Uh, So that piece of equipment will continue to innovate but the cooking process won't change. Um, Our ovens have have changed. Uh, we've, We've gone very sophisticated around that computerization of everything in our kitchens um, is very, very important and that goes all the way through the supply chain. So we've innovated a lot on the ordering uh, garbage in, garbage out. So one Big Mac goes out, the, the system knows it needs to order, you know, the 14 ingredients or the 15 ingredients for a, for a, for a Big Mac. And, and so, so that's quite important, the digital delivery. We're not quite there yet on, on what that looks like. Um, and our logistics centre, we, we have one, one, of one logistics centre, Digistics, that delivers all our products. Um, we have a fresh, frozen, uh, and, and, uh, and a room temperature delivery that comes in a three-compartment truck. So we spent a lot of time innovating on on, on that as well. Um, each restaurant gets about two deliveries uh, per week because uh, we've got that fresh. So we've innovated there a lot. On the service side, I know uh, we, we pro- we probably you probably asked me more around drive through On the service side, we've introduced uh, self-ordering kiosks uh, in our restaurants. They're basically big iPads. Where you walk into your restaurants and you, you customize your order. There's a big trend. Let's see if the restaurant industry takes that trend into, uh, instead of menus, into iPads. We've got to be careful that it that, that depends on what type of restaurant you are. You move away from the authenticity of your brand, that human touch, that human flavor. Now, obviously, you, we got really, uh, Stephen, talking about, oh, we are a hamburger business, or we are a real estate business, or we are a people business. And I define us as, as a people business. because th- The reason why I say that is, I think that is our single biggest competitive advantage. Uh, our single biggest competitive advantage in Mecca is not serving a Big Mac. It's serving a Big Mac that's exactly the same in Santon to Soweto, to Tawandu, to Musina to Western Cape and to Bloemfontein. That's the secret. And uh, a machine doesn't get you there, a person gets you there. So what we, when, when we digitalize and when we add different devices into our business, um, it's allowed us to become uh, to, to develop the hospitality part of our business. So now you'll see in, in progressive McDonald's businesses like Woodmead, uh, McDonald's or Ravonia McDonald's or Tiger Manor McDonald's or Bloemfontein McDonald's, much more servers, much more hospitality staff uh, dealing uh, with our customers. We've been able to free that by by digitalizing other parts of our business.
0: Hmm. But surely, Greg, I mean, here's the ideal opportunity with uh, its uh, people spreading COVID to other people, is to completely change the process um, and, and separate it and, and replace people with machines. Um, so, if you've got a process there which, uh, which is um, uh, consistent over them, then surely then you can replace uh, the chefs um, with a completely mechanical uh,
1: process. Well, look, COVID's going to come and go. COVID's going to come and go. I remember in March, March uh, around about the 30th, I had a total panic and I decided, no, look, we've got to go and stock up on our masks. So I went to medical masks like this one over here. And uh, I said to my team, go ahead and, and go and buy thousands and millions of these medical masks. And the price of these medical masks were 14 Rand. Now the price of these medical masks are 4 Rand. So um, I'm still really, really upset that I paid 14 rand for my first batch of medical masks. And so COVID will come and go. And uh, I, I think that won't be the threat of, of human capital, COVID. Uh, we'll see the end of COVID in the next six to 12 months, and then we'll see another COVID come. Uh, I, I, think, uh, I think just the, the, the robot versus the human being, the, the OPEX versus the CAPEX, the cost of doing business, the accuracy. Um, of, of the robotics uh, type element, that's the bigger long-term threat uh, and that may come. But uh, I, I, there will always be human beings in, uh, um, uh, to, to do things. And, and that's where the evolution and the power of 10 needs to come into it. You know, you may have a chef who doesn't have to who actually, forgive me, I'm not a chef, I'm an engineer, doesn't have to really need the dough anymore. We can get a machine to do that. But the chef still needs to present it in a slightly different way. The chef needs to probably be a little bit more uh, in front of counter instead of behind counter. Um, Maybe the customer wants to see the chef, doesn't want to see the server uh, of the person that put the final bit of salt in, the final bit of sugar, in the little who cut the loaf of bread, who put the but. And I I think that uh, that that's if you can find that, I I don't think we will eradicate human beings I think human beings will be changing what we do the definition of what a chef does versus what his machines do will change over time and uh, I, I think those those people that accept that will will become modern and pro- progressive I don't believe schools universities have thought about the skills that we need in our businesses right now and that's why we have a hamburger University above us we don't we don't necess- necessary skip uh, teach people basic maths and science that they learn at school. You know, we, we teach them about uh, you know how to how to use Zoom and, and how to work on a computer and how to strategically think on a spreadsheet and and, and why is PowerPoint uh, important and, and what is coding and, uh, and 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 how to deal with a with a customer on 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 WhatsApp that wants to talk to you on WhatsApp. You know, those are those are skill sets that a university. Uh, can't teach you and that's what why I believe big business has to step up and um, and teach their people how to be leaders.
0: what new skills do you foresee staff uh, needing to learn over the next 18 months if I could then expand that and say not necessarily staff but management leaders uh, what new skills do you foresee them needing?
1: Well, I, I, certain, I certainly think uh, um, I'll contradict myself now. I certainly think it's a basic, basic understand, understanding of financial concepts. Uh, I think we, 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 we've got a big opportunity there. Um, we don't teach leadership at, at school, um, we, which is a, a huge opportunity for us. And I think that whole interacting uh, through uh, leadership skills will always be there. Uh, conflict skills will always be there. Uh, from that perspective. Um, and I think dealing with a more nimble, younger, nimble, remote uh, employee type base uh, through management and leadership skills, I think, I think that's going to be quite important. You know, Gone are the days of sitting down doing formal uh, business reviews on your people twice a year uh, using Word and written documents. These days, people want uh, feedback once a month. They want uh, quick feedback, like uh, maybe over a Zoom call or maybe quick feedback. How am I doing? Yes, I'm doing well. Yes, I'm doing. It's not so much about how much time you sit in the office. It's now now what type of KPIs you can deliver to our business. Uh, I think our skill sets will be much more focused around the customer, uh, logical skill sets too. Leadership uh, versus
0: leaders. You say lots of. Lots of uh, leaders. What What is the state of leadership in South Africa?
1: Well, I I, I, uh, I have to put myself in the same bu- bucket. I have to judge myself, unfortunately, but uh, I'm disappointed in leadership in, in this country. Um, we, uh, we we have leaders that can't communicate properly, uh, that can't uh, put their visions out to their people. We have, uh, you know, leaders need to be able to communicate in a way that... Uh, that affects the the, the the youth of their business and, and the more mature of their business. They need to be brave. I don't think leaders are brave. I think leaders have sat on cash for many, many years in this country, waiting and seeing. I think leaders have, have asked the politicians to change this country and this world instead of changing it themselves. Uh, they haven't taken uh, a leadership role in, in, in impacting their people's lives. And um, for, for me, uh, my job is, is to change my people's lives. My job is to find the next Greg Solomon. Uh, my, my job is to, to, um, to impact uh, and allow people to reach their full potential. Um, I, think, I think leaders are too swayed between EBITDA and revenue growth. Uh, that's, that's not what leaders do. That's what managers do. What leaders do is unlock potential in human beings. And, and, and uh, unfortunately, uh, if the state of our country and the state of our economy uh, is the scorecard, and we failed as leaders. Um, and we and we got to stop uh, blaming uh, our politicians. I've got 16,000 people in this McDonald's in this in this McDonald's world uh, or this McDonald's South Africa business. I need to make sure that I make a difference to those 16,000 people. If every other leader, be it 600 people, six people, or one person, can have the same sort of thinking, can you imagine what effect uh, we can have uh, on our on our people? Um, I believe uh, uh, one of the most important adjectives of a leader, in my opinion, is, um, is an influential leader. Um, and an influential leader um, uh, um, uh, needs to be able to influence people, obviously, by the definition of, of influence. Um, you, uh, you build um, influence by building on trust and respect. Uh, trust, you deliver on your promise and, uh, and respect, um, I guess you teach somebody something new today. And um, if we can, if we can all do that, um, then we can impact people's lives, trust and respect.
0: In terms of um, uh, the traditional way of doing business, which is to be able to give first and foremost the benefit to the shareholders. When the shareholders are battering on your door and saying, "Well, this isn't." Uh, the last three months have been an absolute disaster. I'm expecting better performance when you've got a close down business. Um, is there going to be a change in terms of who one believes are stakeholders? Um, does it remain of those people that invest, or does it then include every single staff member?
1: Yeah, we have a we have a concept in McDonald's called the three-legged stool. Uh, with three legs, uh, the, the chair can, stay, can stand. With uh, one with one of those legs down. Uh, the, the, the chair f- falls down. Uh, I guess the customer sits on the chair. Um, so our suppliers and uh, our shareholders and our and us as the business and the franchisees. Um, this is not about making anyone happy. This is about making everybody equally happy. And I guess the CEO's job um, is is uh, is 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 that. It's very much that, just keeping their shareholders happy, uh, keeping their employees and franchisees happy, keeping their suppliers happy so the customer doesn't fall off the chair. Uh, That's the single most important thing. Now, making everybody equally happy is quite a difficult job. Uh, Making everybody happy uh, is easy. Somebody's going to be unhappy. But equally happy comes with uh, consultation, comes with consensus, comes with compromise. Um, And and that's what you've got to navigate through. Um, But we're lucky enough uh, that our our shareholders have long-term vision. Um, They understand the business. Uh, They fully, fully invested. best endeavors in an in 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 organization. We have world-class franchisees. We have uh, a thousand next Greeks waiting to take over my job. You know, So from that perspective, we've invested in those millies. Um, the, the hard one now is, is going to be how we're going to harvest and who we're going to harvest. Um, so we, we find ourselves in, uh, in a good place, uh, but but over the next, uh, because of COVID now, just bringing it back to reality, um, we'll, 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 we'll pace ourselves very carefully over the next six months
0: we have got a, a question a more technical question from uh, David uh, Wolfson, um, said, uh, very informative. My question is the motorbike home deliveries by yourselves and others? Are you not concerned about sanitizing the sanitizing of bike boxes and food carrier bags as well as holding at the correct temperature because their handling is quite off-putting? Now with that, I think you know one can control an environment in a restaurant uh, as an owner or in a McDonald's? Uh, as an owner of a franchisee, but as soon as it gets out the door, as soon as it gets on a bike, uh, you're not controlling it anymore. Um, what measures do you have in place to ensure that those people that deliver are following the protocols that you said?
1: Uh, look, absolutely. I mean, uh, like, uh, like any process, you open up a new kitchen, you open up a coffee shop, you, you've got to come in. and McDonald's is just great uh, when it comes some, sometimes o- over the top when it comes to procedures and processes. So with our deliveries, we, uh, we, we currently work with uh, three delivery uh, suppliers. Actually, this weekend, we, we launched our fourth delivery supply in Western Cape. Um, so those are Mr. Delivery, Uber, our own Mac delivery, and a new delivery uh, company, which you probably haven't heard of, because they're only three days old, called Scoot, uh, that, that, that launched uh, a few days ago. And uh, all of those service providers have to work through our protocols. Uh, firstly, our bags are sealed. Uh, so once, they, once they're in the kitchen, uh, so from a hygiene and safety standpoint, I have, I have full confidence that the customer's going to get a safe, a safe food. Uh, my bigger concern is you can't really get that full experience that you do in a restaurant. It's like, it's like taking a, a wonderful medium rare uh, uh, filet and, and trying to put that in a box and deliver that home. I mean, you've you got to eat that filet literally five minutes uh, when, uh, as it comes off the grill. And and so those are the things we try to perfect. Uh, I think our customers do realize, though, that when they're getting delivery, their food is probably not as hot and as fresh. Uh, But from a hygiene and and safety standpoint, I have full confidence. Uh, We continue to work on the type of um, modes of transport, the type of boxes, the carrier bags, uh, the highest level of technology to get the food as real as, well, it'll be more hot and fresh more than anything else. With McDonald's as well, we also, Hold our service providers to a trading area size so we don't need you deliver to 10 kilometers away uh, we we, uh, we want to deliver between two and three kilometers away that means that we can we can uh, try and get uh, to our service promise we, we're not going to get there in covert covert's uh, really really difficult but our service promise uh, for delivery should be around 30 40 minutes from the time you place the order um, and if we can get to that particular service promise then uh, to uh, to to the question that was asked, absolute full confidence in hygiene, but then hot and fresh uh, will be done as well. The last point is uh, washing of hands, wearing of gloves. Uh, the the bike The bike rider has been taught those procedures as well. Those are all intact as well.
0: Um, a question from Mumbali, and I'm going to just uh, 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 embellish it slightly. How do you choose the correct food for your clientele? I guess this comes down to. What sort of research do McDonald's do and how do they do it uh, to be able to introduce a new item to a menu, whether it be a chai tea, uh, you know, whether it be a healthy option, a salad, that type
1: Yeah, this is the constant fight I have with my chief of marketing, you know, uh, how much research do you do things? And I like, I say to 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 him that, you know, we've got to be 80% full of research, uh, but I want to leave 20% out there to be maverick. You know, sometimes we can research uh, the, the hell out of a particular item. Or well, some. sometimes there's this chef who's got this unbelievable idea. And I just want to just try it. So just put it in five restaurants and give it a bash. And if it works, you don't need research. And research is expensive. But we do do a lot of research. I mean, we've got 8 million customers that come to us every single month. And we tap into those customers and tell us, you know, what, what they want to do. But let me give you an example why I say you have to be a bit maverick. So if I had to ask uh, your, your listenership today, um, um, the let's do a breakfast for McDonald's. Uh, what would that uh, What would that breakfast look like? Uh, I'm sure most of us would probably say, let's do two two fried eggs, like everybody else. Maybe we can put some spinach because that's quite trendy right now on a nice piece of whole wheat or, or low gluten free bread. And we'll, we'll, well, that's not really going to work through the drive through, is it? So no customer came to us and said to us, should we do an egg McMuffin? That sits in a hand with a with a poached egg. Our, our eggs are poached, you know, um, and and that's really what's on, a, on an egg McMuffin. But we came up with that because of the functionality of eating in your car and coming through a drive-through. And breakfast is now twelve and a half, thirteen percent of our total business. Um, who would have thought you would eat breakfast on a sandwich? Do you know what I'm saying? So, so innovation uh, is important. Uh, I, I like to I like to throw out about twenty uh, percent of trying stuff, being maverick. You know, uh, we, we're lucky we've got 300 restaurants. I can pick five restaurants and just try something in it. If it fails, I'll close it down. That's my best way. But my marketing team, they'll do deep, deep research and ask customers to say, because customers must tell us. If Customers have to evolve us to, to who the new McDonald's needs to be. And, and if, they, if they want to, to, to evolve um, and take our business to the next level, um, then that's where they w- want to go. I mean, the beverage strategy is huge. I think that's a very, very big trend. Uh, a lot of people are, are doing a lot of drinking, a lot of teas, a lot of coffees, a lot of protein shakes are the trends of the future. If customers want us to, to go that route uh, on protein shakes and we'll go that route. Um, as I said to you at the beginning of this talk, uh, the fringes of our business and our brand will continue to evolve if we if we're true to our beliefs of being a modern and contemporary burger business. But the core of our business will never change. The Big Mac, the French fries, uh, the strawberry shake, Nuggets, the McFlurry, the Oreo McFlurry in particular. Uh, those those are those are huge items for us.
0: Um, I, I a quote from your CEO on the pandemic. The American CEO um, said, "As we start to get into the recovery phase, getting back that restaurant business is going to be critical to us." Uh, one of the things I think in the states is is that uh, people are out of their routines, so uh, people going to work would typically drive through. A McDonald's get their breakfast, grab and go, eat in the car on the way. Um, and interestingly, says that uh, the breakfast business is uh, a big part of the overall mix. You say was well, about eleven percent in South Africa. Um, have we have we developed the trend of people eating in their car on the way to work?
1: Well, as I, and I'm, I represent McDonald's South Africa, so I can those those numbers that I give you are, are South African numbers, and i I would
0: we
1: don't probably, his numbers yeah. i, I I'd say, to you, I'd say to you certainly here yeah, in South Africa, absolutely. I mean, serving eight million customers a month, and uh, over fifty percent of those customers are coming to us in drive-through. I think the the South African consumer has accepted that drive-through is, is a fundamental, not the only, but it's a fundamental part of their day part. You know, uh, not every single lunch are you going to eat in your car, but once a month or twice a month, you're going to you're going to have that in your car. Um, so, uh, and once again, you, it's, a, it's another way of being a delivery guy yourself. You don't have to have a delivery guy. It's an important part of our business, deliveries. But I can just get in my car and be my own delivery guy, I come through drive-through and, and, and bring it home so the family can enjoy it. But coming back to, uh, to, to sit-down restaurants is a very, very important part of our restaurants. We're a family business um, and, uh, and we like to create uh, small moments of loving, special moments, And special moments are little interactions, little interactions of care between people. And as I said, I think that's a fabric of our restaurant industry. And that's certainly a fabric and a culture of this country. Restaurants will come back. 100% sure, I'm sure restaurants will come back. special moments with my mates, with my friends, you know, with my family. Uh, I haven't seen them for a long time. Restaurants, you know, form, uh, form, uh, create a meeting, meeting place for that to happen. However, customers are cautious and customers need confidence. And what builds confidence is trusted brands. And uh, through our drive-throughs, we have to be trusted. And through our delivery, we have to be trusted. And as we open up our lobbies, hopefully we can prove to those few brave customers that visit us that we can be trusted too. And and so we'll talk to each other and, and customers will tell customers. Uh, and when when that happens, then we'll get back to full capacity in the restaurant industry.
0: Question from Sue. There's uh, a lot of talk on social media about the revival of road ads, and I see that um, I think there's one of the pubs got it closed down, and they started with the, with the roadhouse, the good old traditional 1960s, 1970s roadhouses, um, sort of a branded offering um, Wimpy were looking at, and then it didn't take off. Is it something that McDonald's would be keen to explore now, or is that what you do in reality?
1: Well, I, I think we, we took the roadhouse and we made it into a drive through I suppose. Um yeah. Mm-hmm. And maybe it goes the other way. I, I really, I think the roadhouse is a cool concept. Um, the the question is, you know, is it scalable or not? Uh, we can push 100 cars through a drive-through per hour. Um, so, you know, we I think we, we figured out, um, and and that's on that's on an average Friday or a Saturday. The the the, the, the record in South Africa is a uh, is a record in Bloemfontein with our franchisee Arnold Bucus. I think he's clocked over 700 cars in one hour. So uh, you know, I just went, <laughs> when, when Roadhouse uh, gets to that, it's really a cool concept, and I'm sure that would be uh, would be an interesting. But I just don't know how scalable a Roadhouse is. That's why drive-throughs around the world and in South Africa are so popular. I think they're just financially viable, um, they're scalable, they're safe, um, and they and they just they're just a the modern Roadhouse. But Roadhouses are cool.
0: Yeah, I believe there's still a couple of them uh, around Pretoria, East Rand, and the rest of them that still exist. Uh, and they go on and I, I, I rue the day that they started closing down driving and i think those certainly would have been a very sustainable thing during this it's a pity that nobody was able to reopen one i guess there's not any uh, free land available
1: well I, I think i think the landscape but probably um the, the land the, the piece of property is, is is quite a sizable piece of property because you have you need a big parking lot mm-hmm. uh, but, but once again let's let's think Let's think now as business business owners and opportunists. Uh, there might be parking lots right right now that have um, they they can't they can't do anything, you know. And uh, so so maybe to those chefs that are listening to me today, that are sitting in their formal restaurants and can't get people, why don't you turn your parking lots into temporary roadhouses, and and think like that entrepreneur and try it out. Like I tried a product in five or six restaurants. Try out the. The the medium rare filet steak um, served in your car in a roadhouse, and let's see if there's a trend that builds. Customers will lead us. There's no doubt. Trends will come and trends and trends will pass, but customers will lead us. And uh, and out of those ten things that we throw out there, one will stick. And with that sticky thing, and you 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 build your brand on that.
0: There's some extremely innovative ideas from around the world, actually. Saw this one in London, but I believe they're now doing it in Amsterdam, which is um, these these pods, if you like, or greenhouses. they got on the banks of a river, so if it's on the side of the Thames, they were there really very much for private parties. But now it's become a thing where you can take a family, can go to a restaurant, and have your own private pods uh, to go and eat in. Um, So I looked at those, and I thought, well, that was a clever idea. I think the, the London one was very much because it's bloody cold outside. Uh, so I think they built the greenhouses for that reason. But the one in Amsterdam uh, is quite fascinating. So you've got these couples enclosures, if you like, in a greenhouse thing, so they can actually. Eat them. You've got to wonder how much it costs to be able to set up, but they're using the sides of a river exceptionally well. I, I really like that.
1: No, I, I agree, but yeah. I, I do I do think it will. Uh, you know, we've got to look at the things that that'll be temporary and the things that will be. I uh, think be uh, uh, sustainable. Uh, sustainable.
0: One question again: um, Have you considered bone and chicken, like the wing offering in France? Considering our market loves bone-in meats in South Africa.
1: Mm. Well, a, a lot of customers don't know that uh, you know 30% of our business is chicken. Um, there's different ways that we consume chicken, and so you look for these competitive advantages. Um, um, if our customers want us to have bone-in chicken, we'll bring them bone-in chicken. Um, right now, we, we're a great Burger business, and uh, we've got uh, a variety of different chicken products on on, on the bone. Um, before COVID, we were going to launch our our, our new newest chicken products, which is a, a full uh, breast of chicken fillet um, in a, in a burger format and in another format as well. And that allows us to do a variety of different wrap formats, breakfast formats, and a variety of different formats. So, yes, we know that chicken on the bone is is a staple, very very competitive, mm-hmm. uh, respecting uh, industry out there with many chicken players Uh, but absolutely no doubt uh, if uh, if the customers think it's good for us we'll go there we have played around with chicken on the bone in a few of our restaurants in downtown Johannesburg Um, we'll continue to play there but our customers continue to pull us back to what they want from us and that's great tasting chicken products Uh, they've told us let's go with the full filet chicken products and we've gone that way Um, and and so we'll continue to listen to them
0: Very good question, Travis um, Bernard, and I think probably our our last question, unless anybody else would like to put something in. Um, Advice on startup in the industry, again, expanding on that question, would you advise anybody to start up this industry at this time? Um, And what advice would you give if the person decided that that was the the, uh, avenue they'd like to take?
1: So I gather uh, uh, by Travis's question that he's defining our industry as a, as a food industry instead of a food uh, industry. Yes. Uh, I, I definitely think the food industry is here to stay for a very long time. People are going to continue to eat. You know, maybe the, the, the car industry or the motorbike industry or uh, you know, the computer industry, the laptop industry, those will come and go, but, but people will always eat food. Uh, We now need to, as as food-crazy people, we now need to listen to how the customers want to eat, and we now need to design and be maverick on how we want them to eat. Um, The one thing that I would say uh, specifically to the point of being startup, as I said to you in the beginning of of this interview, uh, startup uh, means exactly what it says. It doesn't mean ramp up or get there very fast. It's the balance between your patience and your persistence, I've been helping a, a, a young friend of mine, Flompo, uh, in downtown Bromfontein. He has a little restaurant called Wings Republic, and, um, and, uh, and we, we, we had a lot of chats. And, and I said to him, uh, mate, just make sure that your little business uh, hangs out there. Don't do anything for 18 months. No matter how successful you are in your business, perfect your people practices, perfect your operating manuals, perfect your recipes, Perfect your balance sheet and your income status. Don't do anything. After six months, he was ready to grow. And I tried my best. And thank goodness he listened. And now, and now he's uh, he's opening up his second and soon to be his third. So yeah, my, my advice to, to uh, our industry, food, hospitality, uh, it's going to be here for a long time. It's going to be here in different, sh- different ways. Be innovative. Be creative. Just remember, innovation is not about doing something new. Always. Innovation is often about doing the same thing differently
0: thank you I, I'd like to uh, um, thank everybody for attending um, we've had a nice group uh, include in there um, old industry old industry stores like Heinz Brunner I'm sure you'll send me a message on having said that Heinz Yucker yesterday and one of my my business colleagues uh, Karen Berain from uh, Sergo Sun um, Barney uh, Michelle um, uh, Seymour Talbot, uh, Sue Raynard, thank you very much. Thomas Overbeck from SA Chefs Association. Yesna no, Yezna no, also from SA Chefs. But thank you for everybody for participating in this. Um, and uh, the the uh, recording will go up online so we can invite uh, people to be able to have a look at it uh, after the event. And above all, I'd like to thank Greg for his time. Greg, it's been wonderful talking to you. Uh, wonderful. It's been eye-opening and, uh, and uh, entertaining as well as uh, I think it puts our eyes, uh, our, opens our eyes, and puts our minds at rest uh, that our industry is on the up and up again.
1: Thank you very much, and good luck to everybody. Stay safe. Keep uh, keep uh, keep our restaurants clean and safe, and uh, and don't be the weakest link.
0: Thanks, Greg. Thanks a lot. We'll see you again. All the best to you.
1: Bye bye.